there's no such thing, I would say, as a, as a bad experience within the context of learning. It's only win or learn. That's the way I frame any situation. You either win if that's what your, your desire is, or if you lose, that's an opportunity to learn. Welcome to People Who Perform, the Real Estate Careers Podcast. Each episode will bring you conversations from business leaders and up-and-coming stars in the commercial real estate industry in Canada. Our guests will share their unique career journeys, passions, and advice on what it takes to be successful in this industry. This podcast is brought to you by Highview Partners, connecting people who perform in Canadian real estate. Since launching his career in real estate in 2007, Mark Halkiaus has climbed his way from a building operator to a director of property management. He has worked across office, retail, and mixed-use assets, including the iconic landmark site of the distillery district in Toronto, all of which has influenced Mark's broad skill set and his hunger to learn. He holds an MBA from the University of Ontario Institute of Technology, and he sits on the board of directors at BOMA Toronto. In this episode, Mark talks about his passion for the industry, the role that family and education has played on his professional development, the decisions that have helped to elevate his career, and so much more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the next 40 minutes as I connect you with Mark Halkias. Mark, welcome to the People Who Perform podcast. Thank you very much for having me. I, I know I'm joining some quite esteemed company, people who were on your panel previously. So glad to be here. I want to rewind the clock to 2007, and you are taking your first steps in the industry. Can you talk to us about the transition into real estate? Where did it all begin? Probably started much earlier than that without me even realizing it. But when um, when I first started in the real estate industry, uh, the first position I got was a summer position working for Crown Property Management. Uh, and uh, I was given the title of junior building operator, which uh, in hindsight, now that I understand a little bit more about operations, was probably a, a glamorous title for the work that I was actually doing. Um, so it started off as a summer position. And I, th I think I can remember back to minimum wage being about uh, six eighty-five at the time, and uh, you know, Crown was paying considerably above minimum wage uh, for for someone uh, of my age. And you know, it was it was a great position uh, for for the summer. I got uh, to start working in buildings, and you know, understanding from a very kind of uh, rudimentary level how things worked. Uh, you know, I remember sitting in the operations room with with uh, the operators at the property, and, you know, and seeing the work orders just start rolling in around, you know, 8.30 in the morning and we'd wait and the phone start buzzing. And so you really do start to get an understanding of, of the stuff that uh, people in, in the operations field deal with and, and some of their some of their challenges and the demands on their job. And uh, I, I guess it, it, uh, it worked out all right for me. I, I was a summer student for a semester and then, or, or for the summer rather, and, and then school started back up. I was going into my fourth year, uh, I think it was, and 
Crown was was good enough to uh, to kind of invite me in the office to help out with uh, some green building certifications. It was Go Green at the time, uh, and and so they brought me into the office to help out with some of the building certifications, and it, it all kind of grew from there. That ended up developing into a, a full time sustainability role, and I ended up doing that for three years, and you know got into kind of property management a little bit more purely uh, as an assistant property manager and all the while through kind of you know always trying to to think back to my my roots when I was uh, you know plunging toilets or changing light bulbs and cleaning storage rooms and whatever else uh, I had to do as a summer student but you know just just being mindful and picking up on all of those things and those lessons incorporating those into my into my thought process and my decisions and and my understanding of the business as I took on new challenges and new positions well you certainly come a long way shall we say and um, your career has accelerated since then at quite the rate when you compare that to most property management professionals uh, in Toronto in six and a half years Mark has gone from an APM to a PM, to a senior PM, to a GM, and now a director. How did this happen? (laughs) And what would you say have been the keys to your success along the way? First of all, I've been very fortunate throughout my career. Every um, kind of every opportunity that's been in front of me, I've had a a good group of of people to support me, whether it was personally or or professionally. Uh, And the fact that I I, I got those opportunities, I think, is is a testament to a lot of the the people I've worked for previously, uh, you know, willing to take uh, maybe a bit of a chance on, on you know, younger uh, employee, maybe not as experienced. Uh, I guess they saw something in me that they were willing to to take the chance. I, I think uh, over the past 14, 15 years, I, I've been working. I think it's been cemented for me over over my career. But I, you know, I've always really looked at my parents uh, as an example. And my kind of philosophy in life now is to work hard and treat people well. And throughout my career, I've I've always. Uh, tried to to keep those two things uh, front of mind uh, i'd probably chalk chalk you know a lot of it up to hard work a lot of it up to to luck yeah i think ultimately just uh, when you're when you're willing to put in the time you 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 also learn your art your craft a little bit differently uh, i was really focused on learning as much as i could about different uh, aspects of of the business and working in sustainability for a, a smaller company at the time with Crown. Uh, that gave me a lot of experience because it was, you know, if it wasn't something a property manager did or someone in the accounting department, it kind of, you know, fell into that pile of, you know, let the sustainability guy figure this out. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I got a lot of latitude. And, and so I was able to um, really thrive in in that environment and and an environment subsequent where uh, you do need to take initiative and you know figure things out every day as we say is kind of a new problem uh, a new set of challenges and, and I think that's why a lot of people love property management uh, as an industry because there are you know no days that are the same and and so you end up having to get pretty good at, at thinking on your feet uh, at, you know thinking through problems and uh, kind of, uh, you know, coming up with good solutions. So uh, a lot in there, but but I, I think, you know, my secret uh, has been, you know, hard work, treat people well. And I think when you do that, you build good relationships, you, you build a good 
reputation for yourself. And, and uh, if you're consistent in doing that, then uh, you're kind of a known quantity to, uh, to anyone who's um, thinking about giving you an opportunity. Diving deeper into that resume, and you spent five years of your career working at a very unique property, a landmark site in Toronto, um, otherwise known as the Distillery District. What was it like managing a historic mixed-use property? Uh, it, it was very, very dynamic. The uh, The site kind of offered uh everything that someone who's getting into uh, property management uh, could possibly uh, ask for and sometimes things that they don't ask for. But uh, as a function of all of that, you end up learning so much. Uh, the properties to the east of us uh, in the Canary District or the West Donlands were also owned by Dream in partnership with a couple other companies. Those were due for development. Um, so I got exposure to kind of, uh, you know, early stage development there. Uh, when you're speaking about the distillery specifically, it's, I, th I think, a, a great example of adaptive reuse and, um, you know, a, a really good example of how when, you know, the right people kind of put their heads together and, and, and w put together a nice vision, how much value uh, they can create through uh, real estate, using real estate as a vehicle. So there were four condos on the site. Uh, so there were relationships that, you know, me as a commercial property manager had to develop with each of those condo managers and, you know, by extension, their boards. Uh, so there's that element, which, you know, if you're, if you're managing an office tower exclusively you might not get a ton of exposure to we had restaurants there there was a ton of retail there was office space so there was this you know wonderful mix of of everything uh basically uh and then you're also doing that within the you know the context of a you know an almost 200 year old site uh i think the distillery was originally founded in 1832 so you have buildings going back um you know almost 200 years uh and those buildings and and the, the the people that were involved in the construction of the distillery in the early stages also played a, a pretty significant role in 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 politics and in, in toronto and in canada uh so there's this historic element to it um and there was just such a, a kind of a wealth of of things to learn and no construction project ever comes without its hiccups. Uh, well, you can imagine what that's like in a building that's 20 years old. You know, now multiply that by somewhere around six or seven times, and uh, and you know you're dealing with different types of construction, uh, forms of construction that were not always super well documented. So uh, there was always things to learn. Uh, then you layer on the fact that there were kind of events going on, the Christmas market, probably what the distillery is most well known for, uh, you know, and you see, you know, 600, 700, 800,000 people within a, uh, you know, within a six week period around Christmas time, you know, that's pretty interesting. And, and you know, uh, having to work with consultants to make sure the traffic plan worked, and then you're dealing with parking and, and all of these other elements. So it, it, it was very, very dynamic, to say the least. Uh, I had the the good fortune or the good opportunity to work kind of in the uh, in the management office there and in the uh, the cityscape partners who are the the four owners on the other side of the the dream cityscape partnership at the distillery um, I, I got to work basically side by side with them for the 
Uh, I think I was there for about five or six years. Uh, and, you know, all of them are super intelligent guys that, that know the, the, the business really well. Um, and so it was like I had uh, tutors or, you know, it, it felt like in, in, you know, architecture and planning in, in leasing and, and legal elements and, and then, you know, marketing and event planning and all those types of things. So it was a super dynamic property. I learned uh, so much there. And, and I think you know, working there really kind of spoke to my personality because I've always been the type of person to to want to take on new challenges. And, uh, you know, when I was younger, my mother always used to say that I used to take things apart just to see how they worked. And then I'd, you know, figure, figure out a way to put them back together. And so um, this is uh, working at the distillery was very much like that because you needed to understand each of the components and how they operated and and the nuances of, of you know, each aspect of that, but then also figuring out how does this all tie together so that, you know, we can manage and maintain this big, vibrant, wonderful community we've, uh, we've built here. So definitely a lot of moving pieces at the distillery. Uh, I got a question for you, and that is, what, what's your fondest memory of the time that you spent there? You were there for over five years. What's the one memory that sort of stands out from the pack, if there is one? It's kind of hard. I, I think I met uh, I met the Prime Minister of Canada twice at the distillery. My first week, I met the um, President of of Hungary, and I uh, and I didn't know if he was legit or not until uh, he showed up with like you know, five Cadillac Escalades or whatever and the whole security entourage. <laughs> but um, but I, I didn't really believe it. That was my first week at the distillery. I think it was a Wednesday afternoon. I didn't believe that I had met the president of, of Hungary until I think the Olympics were, were that year and they were going around showing all the heads of state. I said, oh, that's, I remember that guy's mustache. So, uh, <laughs> so that was, uh, so, you know, a lot of kind of celebrity, celebrity run, run-ins, uh, uh, you know, I think my fondest time there were just, you know, we we had built over the years a, a pretty good team, and uh, you know, just being able to go into into work every day and and um, you know, uh, have having relationships that strong in the office, I think were were really important. I I really kind of enjoyed those days. That's great. Now, along that road to becoming director. Uh, at Primaris, where you are right now, you completed your your BCom and your MBA while you're working at Crown. How is education, more widely speaking, and those specific degree programs uh, had their part to play in your career growth? I think the the BCom certainly um, gave me a lot of the fundamentals of business. You know, understanding accounting terminology and you know just the just the general way in which in which business operates. So you get a pretty solid foundation when you do a BCom. And then the MBA, I think, helped to kind of tie all of that together. Uh, so you know, you need to know enough about accounting and enough about this department, enough about that group to once again kind of piece everything together, make some decisions. I, I, I think that earlier on in my career, just as a function of, of my position, I wasn't quite able to apply the the MBA kind of level thinking as much as I I do now, but it's really just having the ability to kind of zoom out and look at the bigger picture and, and understand how, how everything fits together. Uh, so that's been helpful. Uh, I, interestingly, like, you know, when I was going and doing my BCom, uh, and you've probably heard this from 
anyone you've spoken to in property management. I thought I was going to go work for a bank. My specialization was in marketing. Maybe that's where I was going to end up. And coincidentally, I just fell into real estate. Uh, so started off thinking I was going to be doing other things. And, you know, 14 years later, here I am. It happens all too often. Indeed. Um, it is one of those industries that we certainly do fall into. And, um, and we'll also find out a bit more about you and your family and involvement in the industry uh, in a bit. But moving on to the next question. Now, looking, taking a closer look at the associations that you're affiliated with uh, over the years, NAOP, uh, ULI, and BOMA. BOMA has, perhaps we could say, stood out from the pack in terms of your direct involvement and your leadership within that association. What are the valuable lessons that you've taken from your memberships on the whole and then specifically within your directorship with BOMA? I think each each organization has provided uh, something a little bit different at different points in my career. Uh, I know I was part of uh, ULI's mentorship program many many years ago, uh, and and you know I'm still in touch with my mentor. But that was that was I think a really well run program, and uh, they brought a an HR consultant in basically to to help guide the relationship and so you know just things in terms of being able to provide feedback to your mentor and how do you how should you be receiving feedback how should you ask for feedback from your mentor and and things like that so the mentorship program was was really 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 interesting to be a part of uh, you know there's networking events at uh, networking opportunities i should say uh, at at all three of these uh, organizations and i think in in a business as um, as personally driven as as real estate i think uh, being able to have those connections and, and develop them uh is is really important as i've kind of uh developed in my career and, and settled into uh you know the the real estate management aspect of the business i, I think uh, boma came uh came more to the forefront because there's a lot of uh, a lot of work that BOMA's doing in, in terms of, you know, the ongoing management of buildings. And uh, as you know, as we're dealing with the uh, the fallout of the pandemic, uh, BOMA's done some great work, you know, in terms of thought leadership, pulling together committees to address, you know, how does our industry respond to this Boma, in particular, I'm I'm on the on the board of directors, and I, I joined the board of directors a few years ago uh, as a young professional uh, and an ex officio member, which meant that I didn't uh, necessarily have a, a voting uh, stake at the table, but I was, you know, for all intents and purposes. Uh, part of part of that that board of directors, um, and you know, I was able to kind of represent the the young professionals in that capacity, and, and I think that was that was a really cool thing. I, I know that not every single BOMA chapter uh, across North America had had taken the that type of step back then. Um, and so I think, you know, BOMA Toronto is is pretty forward looking and, and you know, always looking for ways to, uh, you know, to address what, what its, uh, its members need. And, and I think the creation of a young professional position, which I was fortunate enough to have been selected for, was, was great. Um, and, you know, it's really shown me a lot about, you know, how uh, organizations, uh, you know, how boards work, industry organizations work towards, uh, you know, providing value to their members. 
Would you like to join an industry association that develops, promotes, and advances best management practices? The Building Owners and Managers Association, better known as BOMA, is on a mission to make commercial real estate greener, smarter, and stronger. BOMA provides its members with access to exceptional education programs and events, and valuable networking opportunities. BOMA members include leading building owners, property and facility managers, and industry service providers. To learn more about the association and how you can become a member of your local chapter, visit bomacanada.ca. Now, the Halkius name is held in high regard within property management, Mark. How have the other members of your family working in real estate helped to influence your thinking and decision-making at work? I think um, I'm really fortunate because uh, we kind of, uh, you know, we, we kind of live and breathe real estate. And, you know, my, my poor mother, who is actually in insurance, not in real estate, uh, she has to kind of suffer through conversations at the dinner table constantly. But I, I would say from, from each of my family members, I've, I've learned a, a few different things. Uh, my younger brother, for instance, works in, in operations. And so uh, when I'm you know, thinking about the work uh, I'm doing here at Primaris, uh, I'll often go back to my younger brother and say, well, from an operations perspective, does this make sense? Or how would you and your team take to an initiative like this? And so I, I kind of use him as a sounding board to get some feedback. Am I on the right path or, or not? And, uh, you know, he's my brother, so he, he gives it to me straight. And, you know, my, my older brother, who is in uh, in property management, you know, him and I were you know, we kind of compare notes to make sure that we're on the right page as well. My mother, I would say, even though she's not in real estate, I, I hear from some of the stuff that she deals with in her organization, the way that her company has rolled out uh, certain initiatives and, and so on. And I always try to take notes from that to say, okay, well, what's working for her that, you know, basically the the end user of the real estate, uh, you know, what's working for her and what didn't work for her. So I, I try to kind of take mental notes to figure out if, you know, if I want to roll something out, you know, how are the people who are using the real estate at the end of the day going to uh, going to feel about that? And then, you know, uh, my father, who is, uh, I think, fairly well known in the industry, uh, he's got tons and tons of experience. And so whether it's a, a very specific question or an ex existential one, I, uh, I often find myself picking up the phone to call him and, and get his read of, of the situation and how might he navigate uh, a situation. And having been through it for many years before I, uh, he usually has some some really good examples that he can he can point me to, and you know sometimes they're they're firsthand examples, so I can benefit from his learning. So I think everyone's been you know in in the family, whether they work in real estate or not, have been pretty helpful in informing my thinking and allowing me to kind of navigate through some uncertain situations. Well, he's certainly got a strong sounding board at home. It sounds like. And beyond those family ties, who else has shaped your style of leadership within the industry? And how would you describe your style? My style uh, kind of continues to to evolve. And I can think through kind of every manager I've ever had has 
taught me something uh, and I've learned new things. I remember, you know, uh, my first kind of time I was up in the office at Crown, uh, the the property manager at the time, I kept going to her office and asking her questions about this and that. And she walked me over to the uh, to the filing cabinet where all the leases were stored. And, and she said, Mark, 99% of the information you need is in these files. You just need to be resourceful and you need to find it. And so, you know, that's something that, uh, you know, that was kind of like day two in the office. And I was, you know, a little bit of a shaky, awkward 20-year-old kid, you know, that kind of really resonated to me. And so that's something I've picked up and kind of carried with me, be resourceful. If you don't have the answers, find out where the answers are. And if there's a gatekeeper that holds, you know, holds the key to those answers, talk to that person. You start to realize over the years that, uh, you know, the relationships you have with people are very important uh, and they might not be rewarding right away. And you don't simply just develop good relationships for the rewards that come out of them. But uh, I think you can certainly benefit if you have good relationships with people. So uh, in terms of how is my leadership style, how would I characterize it? I think I'm a pretty, try to be transparent. Um, You know, it's really important that if you're asking people to do things that they understand why they're doing it. Uh, We've all had those tasks kind of that get sent down from on high and you work at them with with no real understanding of why you're doing it. And then at some point down the road, okay, well, it all makes sense. So I I try to be very transparent uh, as much as I can be with my team. I think encouraging people to to try something new and, uh, you know, making them feel comfortable that they can make a mistake and it's not going to be the end of the world. I think that's how we learn and we grow and we become better individuals and and better employees and all of that. And, and, you know, these are all things that throughout my career, I've been very fortunate. I've had quite a number of of supportive managers uh, that have always taken time out to, uh, to explain to me how things are done and why they're done and why we're doing them this way. And, uh, you know, I just, I think with, with every new person I interact with, I, I try to learn something new and then, you know, try to factor that into into my my management style. So uh, I'm sorry I don't have like a nice uh, categorized term for it, but I don't know. I, I think it, it ties back into the expectations that I would have of, of anybody on my team or expectations that I would hold myself to the same standard. I think you made a really valid point there about there is something to learn from everyone that you come into contact with. And at whatever level, it could be your manager, it could be a lateral, a subordinate, there is something that we can learn. I think we can take influence from many different sources. But you also mentioned there that it is an evolution. It evolves over time, uh, your style. And with that in mind, the industry is evolving at quite the pace with advancements in tech. In terms of learning and education, Mark, what do you feel the current and future generation of leaders need to grasp to stay ahead of the curve? I think there is maybe a tendency in our industry, probably in a lot of industries, to go after kind of what's the, the newest, coolest technology. And, um, you know, we see that in sustainability. And I would often use the example of you know, purchasing a, uh, a smart car and letting it idle in your driveway. The, the technology isn't all that important if the usage behind it isn't well understood. I think a lot of people look to technology as the solution to the problems that or the challenges that our industry faces. And I, I certainly think technology 
makes things a whole lot easier. At the end of the day, I think where we're we're going with with education and and knowledge it is, I think, ultimately an understanding uh, of the data. Like data is going to be really important. It's important now, and it's going to continue, uh, I think, to be the commodity or the currency on which people trade. I think from from an educational or a learning perspective, I, I think it's important that people understand how to uh, you know how to analyze data and and work with it. But I would caution against relying on technology and information technology as the solution to all of our problems. I think when you boil it down, it still goes uh, it still goes back to that you know my belief that property management, our industry, real estate is very much relationship based. Um, and so any experience you get that helps you to, you know, build stronger relationships and be, be better in whatever role it is that you're doing. That's good experience. Uh, you know, I, I now have the benefit of a few years in the, uh, in the professional world and, and, you know, anyone who's younger than me, you know, whether they're kind of working at Tim Hortons, like I used to do, or, or some other job, that, you know, people may see as, you know, it's a minimum wage job or, or whatever. There's a huge amount of, of things that you can learn from, you know, when you look at, at managers at places like that, customers, understanding how to interact with customers and people. There's no such thing, I would say, as a, as a bad experience within the context of learning. It's only win or learn. That's the way I frame any situation. You either win if that's what your your desire is, or if you lose, you know, you, that's an opportunity to learn. And, and I think if, if we look out to future leaders in the industry, what kind of people are they going to be? I think they're going to be uh, people who uh, are willing to take on new challenges, have experience with a lot of different things. Uh, you know, I remember being told that, you know, years and years ago, the property manager kind of did everything at the building. So they would lease the space, they manage the contracts, they do the marketing, they do all these things. Over time, you know, departments have have developed. And, and so you have someone that specializes in marketing, someone who specializes in leasing and, and kind of supports the property manager in that function. Uh, I don't think that structure is necessarily going to go away. But I think if you want to be a uh, a successful property manager, um, or basically successful in any aspect of this business, you really need to understand how all of those pieces fit together. So I don't need to be a leasing specialist, but I should be should be well versed enough and should have some experience in learning in that department. That's going to help me to you know at least communicate in in the same terms, uh, you know, the same understanding that other people who specialize in that have. So it kind of goes back to um, you know, the whole idea of not not having to be an expert in, in one thing, the property manager is very often a generalist, but having a broad enough understanding of things that you can you can pull it all together and make sense of it. Because, uh, you know, at the end of the day, that's, that's I think, the way uh, property management as a business very often works. You know, all mm-hmm. these different departments work on their thing. And here you go, Mr. or Mrs. Property Manager, you know, roll this out. Yeah, absolutely. Having that broad approach and understanding to all the different moving pieces is definitely going to influence your uh, your decisions. Talking of which, what are some of the decisions that you've made over the years that have really helped to elevate your position in the industry, Mark? I think I've always been an inquisitive person. So uh, I was never, and I also had the benefit of having no experience when I started uh, with Crown. So I was, I was never 
hesitant to raise my hand and ask a question. And I guess I was fortunate because I didn't really worry about, you know, how I was going to be perceived if I asked a question. Uh, I know some people uh, might tend to shy away from questions because that's uh, it's a sign of vulnerability and, you know, you're admitting that you don't know something. So I guess that's that's kind of stuck with me. I do still ask questions and, and sometimes a lot of questions, but that is really just to help me understand uh, things a little bit more. And I think raising your hand, if there's an opportunity that comes up or, or just, uh, I guess, speaking up when um, you're interested in something. Like I said, throughout my career, I've been very fortunate and, you know, the timing of some things, uh, you just, you can't write I remember raising my hand when I was at Crown saying, hey, I'd like to try out this property management thing. I've been doing sustainability uh, for a bit. And it just so happened on that particular day, uh, you know, one of the property managers uh, had taken a job elsewhere. And so there was going to be some some shuffling of, uh, of staff within the portfolio. And it just so happened on that day, this was completely unbeknownst to me. I'm raising my hand, speaking with them, saying, hey, I want to get into property management. You know, if I hadn't raised my hand and asked the question, there's a good chance they never would have thought to look to me to say, oh, do you want to try property management? Because I was super happy doing sustainability, but I want to kind of figure out, try working on the next puzzle. And that was, you know, how does the sustainability bit fit into the property management uh, aspect of the business? So I think that's been really helpful for me. And, you know, I think the other thing is that I've always really uh, gone with my gut when I was evaluating if there was a, a position I was at and maybe a position I was interested in. If it ever got to the stage where I had to make a decision, I always went with my gut. And I think that's that's a really uh, important thing these days. I, I feel there's there can be a lot of noise when we're making decisions, and you know if we just kind of sit down, reflect ourselves, and just say, okay, well, what is my gut telling me? Uh, I think your intuition is is probably one of the the best tools that that you have, and you're you're actually born with it. Don't underestimate the uh, the impact of kind of intuitive uh, decision making. In addition to raising your hand and trusting your gut, uh, I think it's important to remember that uh, interviews are a two-way street. Very often, people spend a lot of time uh, preparing for interviews so they can impress the interviewer, but they lose sight of the fact that the interviewer is also interviewing with them. More recently, uh, applying this mindset to my most recent interview with Primaris prior to joining them really helped me strip out uh, some of the uh, the emotion and the anxiety that comes with the interview process, which allows you to make an objective decision by you know allowing you to really get into those important questions about who is this company, what is their mission, uh, how do they treat their employees, what is the culture like, and all of those things uh, became very clear to me as I was interviewing because I was able to, to take an objective look at the information as it was coming in. So uh, I think ultimately that helped me make the uh, the right decision and landed me where I am today. Having a strong compass and navigation tools as well um, to guide your decisions sounds like something that you've certainly grasped over the course of time. On the contrary, what would you say are some of the choices or decisions that perhaps you may have framed differently uh, knowing what you know now? It's a bit of a tough one because, uh, you know, I, I hate to be one of those people that says, uh, I don't have any regrets. Um, but, but I think, uh, when I look back on my career so far, I, I, you know, I don't think there's, there's been a day in my career that I haven't enjoyed what I was doing or, or who I was working with. 
if there is a decision that kind of that I I regretted, it wasn't big enough for me to be to be able to recall after all these years. And um, once again, I think it, it depends on how you how you frame the situation or the outcome. If you go back to, you know, you either win or you learn. Um, yeah, I might have I certainly did have some kind of missteps in, in you know earlier parts of my career, and I probably will have some in in the future. Uh, but I think the most important thing to me is is to be able to m- maintain the perspective that okay, not everything's going to go my way all the time. Uh, when it doesn't, as long as I have a mechanism in place for understanding why it didn't go my way, I can figure out how to deal with it next time. And like I said, there's no such thing as bad experience. You know, as long as I can maintain that type of focus on those decisions, I I don't think I'll ever really have any regrets. Are you looking for a recruitment partner that understands your unique hiring needs and can truly represent your business to the market? When you work with Highview Partners, it will feel like an extension of your company. Our process is proven to help you find exceptional talent, which we accomplish by understanding your company's values and culture first. We then commit to a strategic plan, navigate any challenges, and find the candidate who fits the role and your company best. Together, we will help you build a winning team. To discover more about our services, contact us today or visit us at highviewpartners.ca. Mark, it's been great listening into your career journey, learning more about the steps that you've taken, how you've accelerated your career, the influence that others have played along the way, um, the role of education, being involved with the different real estate associations, the decisions you've made along the way that have worked for you, and perhaps some of the lessons too. Now I want to spin the tables and get to know you a little better. (laughs) <laughs> and we're gonna uh we're gonna kick be careful with you. what you wish for <laughs> here's to hopeful wishing <laughs> we are gonna kick off with a uh, a quick fire round of questions so let's jump into this your role model growing up um probably a split between uh my father and alexander the great a new skill that you've recently acquired uh, well, apparently I'm a procrastinator. I bought a motorcycle a couple of years ago, and that's in pieces. Uh, but the the hope is that I'll develop the uh, the skill and the knowledge to be able to put it back together and get it on the road. How many years ago did you take it apart? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Next question: The book you recommend most for others to read? I think, in terms of management, I would say first break all the rules. Uh, it's by Marcus Buckingham. It's a really, really good book. It kind of takes uh, HR theory and uh, puts it on its head, but uh, it really resonated with me. Uh, it's a good read. Favorite music bands? Pick one from North America and the other one internationally. I would have to say from North America, City in Color, Dallas Green. That's uh, a go-to. I've Favorite. actually really been listening to a lot of Canadian music recently. So uh, Mars Volta is is, uh, is a progressive rock band from the u.s so kind of international but it takes both boxes what do you love what do you love most about this city i like the fact that everything is so accessible um on by bike now you're talking my language everything feels like it's 30 minutes away where's that oh on a bicycle i can get there in 30 minutes so what's your favorite beverage on a friday night 
Uh, Friday night, uh, a cold beer or a, or a neat whiskey. Best ever investment. Real estate. What puts the fire in your belly? What makes you jump up and out of bed in the morning? Uh, I think I like being around people a lot and, uh, you know, being able to have really kind of good experiences with people, you know, coming into work and kind of building those relationships. Uh, I really, really enjoy that. It's a relationship-driven industry indeed. Your proudest achievement? Uh, I don't know. I Is there that many to choose from? Uh, I, I don't know. I just don't uh, – I don't <laughs> – I remember putting a list together when I backpacked Europe, all these things I wanted to do, bungee jumping, skydiving, all of that. And so I was able to do all of that. But I, I think, you know, once it's in the rear view, it doesn't seem like much of an achievement anymore. You got to pick one. Proudest achievement. Okay. I mustered the courage to go skydiving. You did? Yes. Where did you, where did you do that? Uh, just north of the city. I actually went with my older brother, Christian. He wasn't so good with heights, but he was he was super eager when I suggested it. So I couldn't back down at that point. The competitive nature of the Haukius family <laughs> continues. Um, favorite quote? A, a quote that I heard a few months ago that kind of always stuck out to me. Uh, it was something to the effect of, you know, don't worry too much about apologies because those that matter don't mind and those that mind don't matter. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think mm-hmm. it it kind of just um, just reinforces, you know, um, be who you are and and uh, be comfortable with that. And uh, the the people who get you, they will, and the people who don't, uh, you know, they won't. So let it be. Let it yeah. be. Well, that's the end of the quick fire round. You you survived. Well done. <laughs> Congratulations. Only barely. <laughs> I still want to know when you got that motorcycle. Um, About three years ago, yeah. (laughs) It'll be done soon. Now that brings us to the final question, and that is with all that you've experienced during your career to date in real estate, if you were to highlight those big lessons and pay it forward to the next generation of industry leaders, what would they be? I think it would boil down to uh, whatever you do, work hard at it, Learn it as as best as you can. Be committed to it. Treat people well, as well as you can, regardless of the situation. And I think after that, there's there's also no such thing as bad experience. Everything you go through, everything you learn, is going to help shape you into uh, a better person in the future. So so take every learning experience, even if you know, even if you walk away a little bit wounded, just know that it's for it's for a good reason. It'll make you a better, stronger hopefully smarter person in the future. Thank you for listening to People Who Perform, the Real Estate Careers podcast brought to you by Highview Partners, a talent search and recruitment firm focused exclusively on Canadian real estate. If your real estate team is looking to find the best next hire, or if you're ready to make the best next move in your career, then reach out to Highview Partners today. Follow us on LinkedIn, visit us at highviewpartners.ca.